Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 316. So what's happening where the feds are going to require this to be in place by February 1st of 2018? Most of your big players, processing companies, your first datas, your Heartland, your Mercury, your Vanti, all the big ones, they're looking to have this done by January. You need to kind of start budgeting and thinking about what you want to do because they're not going to play around. They've got too much at risk. And if you're integrating your software with your credit card processing and you aren't compliant, then you're going to get turned off. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then... Join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is click the tipsy banner in the show notes get on it are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do if you feel this way i've got good news you don't have to do it alone nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurants owner.com and if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable you will get a 10 day pass for only one dollar get on it so with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest linda hancock linda you've got to tell me are you feeling unstoppable today Absolutely. As a good Irish woman, are you kidding? That's part of my thing. I love it. All right. Linda Hancock is involved in the federal HIPAA compliance program, working with local government and businesses. She became interested in the credit card processing arena while working with larger companies and shifted career gears to start Desba credit card payment solutions in 2003. Desba's mission is to serve its clients by offering competitive and affordable prices, as well as provide up-to-the-minute information on changes, or sorry, on changing laws and products. Linda is one of a hundred original certified payment professionals in the nation. So obviously, we're just scraping the surface, giving the listeners a taste of who we're talking to today. I can't wait to learn more about you in today's topic, PCI compliance. Uh, But before we dive into it, let's just find out a little bit more about you and get that motivational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got? Good morning, Eric. I've looked forward to this since we talked a couple of weeks ago. I've thought about you and the program and what it can do to help people make a better choice as they get involved in running their own businesses. So thank you very much. Just so you know, the background 
I have is as a clinical psychologist from Chapel Hill, and that brings a bit of my heart, if you will, to this conversation. And it appears that you also have good heart for caring for your folks. I try to. But, yeah. <laughs> so we're good. Awesome. So do you have a success quote or mantra you want to share with us to get the ball rolling? Yeah, I'm like there is an Arab, um, I guess you would call it an Arabic proverb, and it says four things that do not come back to you, your spoken word, the spent arrow, your past life, and the neglected opportunity. And I think that sums it up for all of us. Be careful what you say. Don't hurt people physically or verbally. You can undo the past. And for gosh sake, don't ignore opportunity that comes your way. Absolutely. And I think we're going to talk a lot about some of the opportunities uh, that's out there uh, with the different technologies that are, are evolving. Uh, but for now, let's just give the listeners an idea of why you're here and what we're going to be talking about. So uh, a few months or weeks ago, maybe almost a month ago, I sent out an email to my subscribers uh, explaining, hey, I have an idea. I want to find out ways to provide more value to my listeners. And one of the ideas I, I shared with that email list was I have this list now of curated uh, advice, uh, recommendations, products, services, tools, over a hundred products now, I think it is last time I counted of basically every time one of my guests recommended a tool or a service they're leveraging in their restaurant, I added that tool, I categorized it and I added that tool to this list. So how can I provide more value? The idea is what if I just start inviting these products and services on the show for five minutes to say, what makes you special? How are you different from the, the other products that are on this list to help you, the listener, Find out, you know, filter through what's out there and how you can be lever leveraging these tools to serve your, your restaurant. And Linda responded to that email saying she thinks it's a great idea, but she took it a step further and she explained to me that I would probably also be interested in the legal changes taking place this year related to the second level of security PCI compliance that will have major effects on the POS systems used. And this is a federal um, change. So it's much, it goes much deeper. It's much bigger than the EMV issues, which uh, were bank related or bank card industry issues. So that's kind of why she's here. And uh, Linda, I've got to admit when I first got that email, I was like, here's just another person shooting me an email, trying to get on this list of products and tools who doesn't understand that you can only make it on that list. If you've been recommended by a uh, past guest who uses that tool, who's successful, it says, I recommend this, but that wasn't the case. Um, you were more interested in making sure I knew what was going on. And I love that approach. And I, I love the hour you gave me. So thank you for just educating me on all these things. And um, I guess what, we, you know, what we're going to do is kind of recreate that conversation today. Linda is going to talk to us exactly how she was talking to me. And she's like, I want you to know this so you can tell your audience. And I was like, Linda, I'm not the expert. I, I'm just the guy who created the platform for people like you to help educate me and all my listeners. So she's here today to recreate that conversation. And I guess before we um, dive into what we need to know, is there anything else we should know about you and what what makes you an expert and how you got to where we are or where you are today, Linda? Thanks. I guess probably the short story is as a psychologist, I've always been interested in people, but I needed to make more money. I have a a high standard of living and I couldn't find somebody to pay my bills. So I got into selling high-tech specialty medical equipment. So that opened up a different world 
when we sold that company was about the time that HIPAA compliance was coming to fruition. And it's primarily known by the medical community and the financial community because it's the protection of your employee and your customers' non-public information, non-published information. And in dealing with that arena in hospitals and physician offices as a um, gun for hire, if you will, to come in and do audits prior to the government coming in, I was exposed to the hospital and clinic and doctor's offices taking credit cards. And it always shocked me how annoying that discussion was for my clients. And at that time, about 14 years ago, there really were no penalties or issues about that. But it was the thing that aggravated a lot of the office managers and CFOs. So I began to explore it. And it was shocking to me as a certified auditor focusing on protection of individuals' private information, how loose the regulations were on credit card information. And to be honest, if you weren't serving active prison time, you quite possibly could have sold credit card processing services. Now, I must admit, the industry has improved significantly in the last 10 years. So this was 10 years ago we're talking about? Uh, 14 years okay, ago. 14 years ago. Got you. Keep going. Okay. So the industry has come a long way since then, but it still shocked me how easy it was to sit down with an office manager, business owner, and get them involved in a system that would have long-lasting effects on controlling cost in their business. So I did it initially as a Cersei for my clients and began to mediate in the arena for services, cost, equipment, and that type of thing. And it very much annoyed me that a year later when I did an audit for my clients, a lot of things we had discussed in depth were not adhered to. So that's when I became a licensed broker, if you will, for multiple companies so I could control for my clients, better relationship and better programs. So that's how I evolved into this. And a lot of physicians or their family members own non-medical practices. So one of my physicians' family started a restaurant in Charleston and as a result of that became more acquainted to the uniquenesses of the restaurant industry. And to be honest... That industry works awful hard, doesn't get treated real well. And like my residents in the hospital setting, they at least had a light at the end of the tunnel when they graduated, spent a couple of years building practice, then life got better. I'm still looking for the light at the end of the tunnel for my restaurateurs. <laughs> Not sure it's there. They work a lot of times for a long time. Well, I guess, you know, it's the people in this industry. There's something special. One thing I've learned that the people who are successful in this industry, they've got a, something special about them that they don't do it. We don't do it for the money. We do it because we love to do the work. And if you focus on that, it makes it worthwhile. Believe me, Linda. Uh, but you said um, that you had a, this family member or this friend open the restaurant and you notice there's a lot of unique things about this industry that separates it from other industries. Is that in regards to credit card processing? Well, 
to some degree because one of the problems that I encountered with the hospitality industry was a lot of businesses were not talking about protection of their customers or their client customer credit card information. Think about, and it's changed a little bit now, but when I was hanging out in college restaurant, shall we say, slash bars at Chapel Hill, you'd often give your credit card to the bartender and they'd keep it mm. until you signed out at the end of the night. Well, the MV chip has started eroding at the bad habit of people copying down your credit card information, getting duplicates, that whole arena of credit card fraud and stuff. But a lot of my restaurants years ago were not paying attention to just educating their staff on the skill set, shall we say, of protecting the card information and not opening up the business owner to liability. Because if your staff does something that causes you a problem, you as the Mm -hmm. get called into court. And it's been heartbreaking to see a family-owned business not be able to pay the uh, the federal fines when there's been a breach of credit card information and it's tracked back to one or more employees selling the card information or using it themselves for inappropriate or unlawful actions. person who screwed up the cards and used them, they get penalized, but the merchant or the owner of the business gets some heavy fines. And I've seen businesses have to be sold or go into bankruptcy because of that. That's heartbreaking. Man, I don't want to get off subject, but just listening to you talk just makes me think about how important it is to get the right people on your team and to really just create that culture of amazingness. Uh, And it's so hard to do. I know it's not easy. You know, it's not as easy as just saying it, but man, you've got to protect yourself. You've got to educate your people. You've got to create that culture of hospitality. Like you said earlier, like not take, you know, not caring about protecting the guests. Like it's our job. That's hospitality. We care about our guests. That's, that's what separates great restaurant or good restaurants from great restaurants is going that extra mile to educate our staff, to protect the guest. That's hospitality. That's caring. I mean, it's all right there. And I mean, I could probably just riff for another half hour, but let's bring it back to the subject of today. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we really dive into, uh, you know, PCI compliance? Is there anything you want to kind of set up to, to get there? Well, as you said, taking care of your your guests is important. Equally strong is taking care of your employees and sharing with them how important taking care and how important of paying attention to things are because you've got the direction of liability from what you do with your customer. And then that rolls into how you as a business owner protect the information when it is transmitted to other sources. So you've got the front of the house, as y'all call it, and the back of the house. You got the front where you're touching the employee, excuse me, the employee is touching the customer's card. And then you've got your system of where you transmit that customer's card data to the different networks that take care of moving the money for you. Because basically, credit card processing is moving money from point A to point B. It does, anyway. So that's what we'll move into is the back of the house, because I do a program 
to help people understand how to take care of customers. But as a sidebar, it's equally important for your industry to take care of its employees and the alcohol and drug addiction problems in your industry is a whole other project that I do as um, a site person. So your world is fascinating and has many, many avenues to take. But we're back to PCI. Okay. So if I recall, when we were talking uh, the very first time when you reached out to me, um, the conversation kind of was a, went into uh, the different some of the changes that were happening. So start going into when these changes started coming into effect and why they were going into effect. Sure. The whole concept of PCI compliance, and let me give you the name of this. It's the Payment Card Industry Security Standards Council. That's where the PCI SSC comes from. And that's a federal regulatory board that oversees all the requirements so the sharing or moving of data is protected both for you as a consumer as well as for you as the merchant. And the PCI profile has been around for a number of years and most of your small, medium-sized businesses remember once a year getting an email or a form in the mail asking them to answer questions about how they process cards. Did they store data? Did they do it electronically? Just a variety of questions. Okay. And what – did you have a question? No, Sorry. I, just, I just said okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, what the feds found out is that majority of the merchants didn't pay any attention to that. It was like, oh, another form. And think about it. Your small to medium-sized businesses are wearing a lot of hats, and they have very full days. The idea of filling out this form, it wasn't that they were being abusive or disrespectful. They just didn't have the time. So what happened was the feds implemented a small fine. It started out at 25 and then it went to as much as $50 a month that was added to the merchant's bill for being non-compliant. And this has gone on for a couple of years, and that still didn't bring the response that the federal government would like to have had. Now, remember, the federal government's getting squeezed from banks, from consumers, from merchants, because as of 2015, we've had over $2 billion worth of credit card fraud. And majority of that, like 70% of that, comes from your small to medium-sized businesses in the country. Your big companies get a lot of the press, but the reality is much more card misuse and fraud is precipitated by the smaller businesses because they're not aware of it. Mm -hmm. It might go on for, you know, two or three years that every card in their system is being compromised. Whereas your big guys know within a week or 10 days and they shut it down. Small businesses don't respond that quickly because quite honestly, they don't know it's happening. It's not that they're being dishonest or or bad people. It's just how many different things can they do in a 24-hour day? Exactly. 
I mean, this kind of puts emphasis on um, the importance of even if you're a small business to create those systems, processes, procedures to make sure you're catching these things. So you're not the one person having to do all the work so you can delegate this work and be in all these places through your systems. Um, But just to kind of summarize, make sure we're on the same page. uh, Basically, the, the government started doing some digging to make sure that with all the new technology that was evolving, that this information that was being stored on technologies, if you know, they want to know which restaurants were were doing what so they could put the regulations in place and certain restaurants weren't responding to that inquiry. And if they didn't respond, they were getting charged monthly on the back end, which the credit card companies were like, doling out to the companies, but we never realized it because we weren't paying attention. And we're getting all these extra fees, all these extra charges. And um, is, am I on track up to that point, roughly? Yeah. And it's not just the restaurant business, all businesses, anybody handling credit card had to be PCI compliant. And if they weren't, then they got a monthly fine or fee. And a lot of businesses didn't understand it and didn't pay attention because they're busy. Mm -hmm. So, well, that didn't work. Real quick, where are we on the timeline? Is this current time or is this over the past few years? Okay, this has been going on and that was called PCI 3.1. 3.1. Would you love that? <laughs> okay. Now, the PCI compliance has been an evolving process to get upgraded and current. All right. As of, let me read it from the notes here. Okay. As of October 31st, 2016, PCI DSS version 3.1 was retired, all right? So that meant between October of last year and now, you needed to upgrade your PCI compliance to version 3.2. But remember, the government always has a gray area to allow you to as an industry, understand what's going on. So right now, until January 31st of 2018, this new requirement is considered best practice. Starting February 1st of 2018, they will be effective and be mandated as requirements and must be used. Now, remember, best practice is a legal term. When you go to court, you always want to be able to prove you did everything reasonably possible and that you are using best practice procedures to help protect you on whatever they're bringing you to court for. Okay. Okay, so does that help? It does. It does. And thank you for speaking slowly so I can write these things down. And I'm going to do my best, guys, to make some good show notes so you guys can reference this. Uh, but keep going. What's what's the next stage in this evolution of or what we need to know? Okay, because the first program did not accomplish what was hopefully going to happen, Which is the, the next P- level. The PCI 3.1? Yes. Okay. It didn't slow down the breach of card systems. Okay. Okay. So the next rollout, this PCI 3.2 version, will handle the requirements a little differently. In the past, it's been the merchant and the banks who've handled 
what's called chargebacks, where a customer complains to their card issuer that this was a fraudulent charge or incorrect, and you get you the merchant get notices from your processing company that there's been a challenge, and you the merchant are losing X amount of money, and it's being returned to the merchant. Now, they'll ask you for documentation, and they'll try and dispute it, but it's considered a chargeback. Okay. Okay? Now, what's going to happen is previously it was the bank who issued the card and the merchant who took the hit whenever anything inappropriately or fraudulent was done on a card. This new rollout is going to shift that liability back over to the processing company and the software company. So they're going to spread it around and they're going to increase the fines significantly. So with the software companies and the credit card processing companies now being part of the the penalty phase, (laughs) they're going to make sure you as the or up to date or they cut you off. Yeah, they're not messing around. <laughs> yeah, they got too much at stake here. I hear you. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so now that the uh, the credit card processing companies and the software are going to be taking this hit that before the merchant was taking the hit, now it's, the again, the credit card pro- processing company and the software company. What things are going to change now that, you know, what what are they doing to protect themselves that affects us and what why do we need to know this? Okay. Okay, if you are processing credit cards through the integration with your software, now remember, you buy software and download it into a device, okay? And then you swipe the credit card, and the data on the credit card goes through the software to get to the processor. Yep. That system is now going to require you as a merchant Submit to your processor three different certifications. The first one is a certification from the software developer that you bought your software from that it's up to date and compliant with all the tools that the software provider has in place. The second certification will come from the person or place, often called a distributor or your VAR, who sold you the software. So those two certificates relate to the software, who developed it and then who sold it and installed it. They could often be the same or they could be two totally different entities. Those two certifications will be good for three years. Now, I've run into folks, because I never asked before this last couple of months, who bought software and did not relicense it every year because they had no problems. And if they needed help, they just paid an hourly service fee. Well, guess what? Surprise. You've got to get a certificate from those software companies, and they are going to require you get current with all the bells and whistles on that software or they will not issue you a certificate. So that's a 
budget item as a merchant you need to think about. Okay. And then the second one well, the, is the third credit. One? Okay, well, let me finish this, though. The second okay. one is the guy who sold you the system. Yes. And let's hope that they're still in business. Okay. Because they have to certify that they did, in fact, download it correctly. All right? Number three is the one that's going to be a little more complex to get. Number three is going to require an on-site inspection. It cannot be done by somebody remoting in to your system. They've got to come on your place of business. They will check the terminal all the way it's connected back to the source, whether it's a phone line or internet, whether it's hardwire or wireless. They have to verify that you have firewalls and your connections have no breach opportunity. That's an on-site inspection for each terminal. It's not location. It's terminal specific. And that certification has to be done every year. Wow. Okay. Those three certifications need to be turned in before next spring to your credit card processor for them to keep running your system. Say that one more time. Sorry. Okay. Those three certifications have to be submitted to your credit card processing company because they'll have to have it on file so that when they get audited, just like hospitals get audited, credit card processing companies get audited and the feds will just say, we're going to audit 20% of your clients. And they randomly pull records and check to make sure we've done everything correctly. And if we don't have those certif- certificates in our file, then the fines come down heavy, like 10000 a day. Okay? Wow. So. And that's on the merchant, not the processor, the merchant. No, sweetie, that's on the processor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was going to say, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're not going to let that happen <laughs> because yeah. they're going to protect so themselves. What's, so what's happening where the feds are going to require this to be in place by February 1st of 2018, most of your big players, your big processing companies, your first datas, your Heartland, your Mercury, your Vanti, all the big ones, they're looking to have this done by January, like January 1st. So you need to kind of start budgeting and thinking about what you want to do because they're not going to play around. They've got too much at risk. And if you're integrating your software with your credit card processing and you aren't compliant, then you're going to get turned off. Okay. Now remember, it's software integration. Got you. So I'm just going to try to summarize the best I can to make sure we're all okay. on the same page. Um, so you're, if you don't, so when you say integration, you're talking about the credit card processor talking to your POS and it's communicating through the wires, all this information on that card, right? Correct. Okay. So if you're, if you're doing that in your restaurant, if you have a credit card processor communicating with this other technology throughout your restaurant, uh, you need three certifications. Uh, one is a certification from the developer 
which is the person who created the software. Another is a the certification from the person who sold you the software. Those two are good for three years. And then the third certification is an on-site inspection from a a third party, a, a different person that's not you or the credit card processor or the developer, a, a different party, a tech person coming into your restaurant that is checking the hardware, uh, make sure there's firewalls, things of this nature, so there's no breach opportunities. And that's not for your restaurant. It's 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 a inspection for each unit you have. So if you have five POS systems, five touchscreen systems in your massive restaurant, that's five separate inspections, and that's good. You have to get that done every year. So that's good for one year, correct? That's correct. Wow. I'm and surprised I got this all, guys. You should see my notes. I've got pages filled edge to edge right now. I'm trying to keep up with Linda. She's giving us great information. Uh, were you going to well, say something? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Not to give you more notes, but that third certificate has to be issued by what I'm calling a master level PC high compliant IT tech. So your normal neighborhood guy who may know your system and know everything in the world about your wiring and stuff, unless he's gone to the advanced, it's called a qualified security assessor. So he's a QSA certified IT person. Wow. Um, And I mean, this is going to, this is something that, uh, we're projecting to the future. I'm sure not many people have taken the steps to get these uh, compliances or these certific- certificates in place. So it's hard. Maybe you know the number at ballpark. Like, what's the expense going to be to get uh, that third uh, person or that third certificate alone? Like, do you have an idea of what that will cost us per unit? Well, I can give you some ballparks that have been told to me. But see, the reason I'm harassing you with, (laughs) let's be honest, not the most exciting information in the world, this compliance rule was passed three years ago. So because the software developers had to submit their software to auditors to get their software approved for this, okay, And the IT guys have been struggling with this because you've got to apply to take the class. And the class for these IT guys costs between $25,000 and $3,000 to go take the class to be able to do the certification. So the industry has been aware of it for a number of years. But as far as I know, they they have not been sharing this with their customers And as you and I have talked, I can handle pretty much anything you throw at me, but give me choices and give me some notice. Can you imagine the madness come October when you start getting notices from your processor? Hey, listen, by January 1, you've got to have these three certificates. Now, budget-wise, time-wise, and getting on some poor master-level QSA IT person schedule to come out there. So everybody's had to be submitting and taking classes to get to the point where they can give you a certificate. But as far as cost, let's say best case scenario, you're actively current with all your software upgrades and relicensings, and you've not had any problems and you know a certified IT person. I'm hearing 
that some of the software companies are going to charge $50 to $100 per terminal for one element of their certificate. How many elements are there to the certificate? Three. Three. Okay. Wow. The second element would be from whoever sold you the software. And that could be 25 to $75. Now, remember, you're up to date. You've already paid three to $500 for each terminal's relicense. So you're up to date. You're not catching up. Mm-hmm. And then your big hit is the IT guy to come out on site and it's anywhere from 150 to 225 dollars per terminal. Wow! So that's why I'm trying to help you help me. <laughs> yeah. You can't get away from this, but budget it, plan it. Don't wait till the last minute because it's going to bite. Now there is a way. Okay, I'll let you answer questions before you. I give you the exception to the rule. I'm staying with you. I just kind of want to make sure I heard you right. So for the uh, the first certificate, of the the developer software certificate, that's uh, approximately you said as much as 150. And then for the second one, it was the 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 distributor certificate, which was 75, and as much as 75. And then for the last one, on site inspection, which is as much as 250. And for each one of these, that's per unit. That's correct. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, let's just take, for example, we have just two units. So we're looking at 500 for the third compliance as much as um, 150. So 300. Now we're up to 800 for the second one and another 150. So we're looking at just shy of $1,000 to become compliant if you have everything perfect. Yep. There are small margins in this industry, guys. Uh, don't take this hit uh, if you don't have to. Um, I mean, but it sounds like if, okay, I want to make one other thing clear. The, the POS systems we're talking about, um, so we're talking really about um, the whole system together, the uh, all the units that are speaking to each other. So uh, these certifications that we're talking about, these three cert- certifications are for POS systems that have that you bought the rights to the software, like your legacy POS systems, correct? That's correct. So what do I mean? First, I guess, explain what I mean by legacy. Okay. You're big boys in the industry where you have spent anywhere from 2000 to 4000 up per terminal. Okay. You know, when you go into a restaurant or a retail or even your doctor's office, they have the computer there they're booking your appointment, they're checking out your product you bought, or in the restaurant business, they're entering your order, whether it's a bar order, food order. It's the big terminals that we've all grown up with that has the little swiper on the side that you swipe, or if you've been upgraded to EMV, it's a different looking device where you insert the card. This is for integration of your credit card processing through your software and software is where you pay a license and you buy a product and it's yours okay got it okay so is there anything that we need to know about these three certification or three certifications um and legacy uh hardware and software uh 
before we move on to the next topic? No, it's the key is not the software you're using, but that you're using software where you integrate your credit card payment through the software system. That is the determining factor as to whether or not you need these certificates or certification, excuse me. Now? Yes. Okay. I got you. So um, there's more guys. (laughs) We're already at probably close to like 40 minutes, but we're we're not done. But I'm telling you, this is all worth it. I mean, there's some exceptions. Let me (laughs) close those. There's some light at the tunnel here. Okay. Okay. Just real quick. Remember, the key here is it's software with the credit card processing integrated in the software. Think about it. They're not web-based, all right? So the exception to this rule for the time being is all of your tablet systems or if you have a standalone credit card machine. You know, those little gray boxes that sit on your counter that you You don't integrate with software. It just moves the data about the card, that, and tablet mobile systems. So I should say tablets and mobile systems are exempt from this rule right now. And that's because you're not downloading something and then disconnecting your contact with your software developers. All tablet systems charge a monthly fee and they're constantly updating and growing and checking their application. So tablets are web-based, cloud-based webs, okay? They and your standalone credit card machines and mobile devices are exempt from this rule. Okay. All right. So you've thrown a lot at us. Uh, we're not done yet. Um, anything else we need to know? Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that if you're using a cloud-based standalone tablet POS system integrated with a credit card processor, uh, that means you're exempt because you're getting charged by the month. So every time you get charged, you're getting the latest version of that software. So you're safe. Did I get that right? Um, well, yeah, because you're paying a monthly fee. Okay. They're upgrading it sometimes daily weekly it's constant okay but terminology that's not software Sorry. software is your big guys <laughs> this is web-based app or cloud-based application this is why you're here linda this is why Sorry. i said you're gonna be here to help me guide Sorry. me through this and i'm, I'm grateful for software. you <laughs> yeah. software is what you buy one time and own it is there anything else that you want to uh fill us in in regards to uh, these cloud-based tablets, um, differences among them before we move on to the, the last thing I want to do. Um, yeah. Any other information we should know? Basically, the cloud-based tablets are at this point perceived as more secure on the back end at this point, and that's why they're being given a pass right now. I suspect that these rules will evolve over the next three to five years to include them. But right now, your cloud-based application tablets are fine at this moment. All right. I think this is a good time to take a break and thank our sponsors. Then we'll be right back, and Linda's just going to spread some more knowledge all over us. 
After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips to join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves. Head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran there's always something new to learn that never ends But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. All right, we're back. And you had mentioned something else during our uh, conversation about a week ago that I think is pretty uh, important to understand. Not really important, but good to know when looking at these different uh, cloud-based tablet POS systems, and that's um, certain systems are standalone in the sense that they you can choose multiple credit card processors that ah, will yeah. integrate. So can you want to explain that a little bit to okay. put it on the radar? Yep. Okay. As the evolution is happening to protect your customer's data, the ability to integrate with a third party, whether it's on your point-of-sale software, which allows integration of credit card processing, or on the tablets where you integrate, once again, your credit card application into the tablet. A lot of tablet companies, and we're seeing a little bit in the software companies, to cut down their vulnerability are doing two things. One, they're only allowing credit card processing to go through a gateway. So it's not direct integration, it's through a gateway. So the gateway channels certain processing companies into a secure profile they have that integrates with the data and they will consume some of the liability to make sure it's all safe. That adds a cost to the merchant 
because you're dealing with merchant service costs and fees. And then you have to pay a separate fee for the gateway to integrate with your tablet systems. And then the next step that I'm seeing is a a few of your leading tablet systems are excluding altogether the ability of you as the merchant to choose your merchant processor. They're mandating who you have to use. It may be theirs in-house, and two samples of that are, well, it may be their in-house processing only, or they may say you have to be you have to choose between these two companies to integrate with us. And the expected change is that down the road, your credit card processing will not be a standalone subject for you to discuss. It will be an integral part and cost of the tablet profile that you work with. Okay, I'm going to do my best to kind of summarize what I took from what you just said, the, okay. the, the dumbed down version, if you will. <laughs> so no. uh, <laughs> it's a good, I mean, I'll explain it's it. It's your and, first time around. <laughs> we're all learning here and this is great. Yeah. So there are certain POS systems that, that will uh, integrate with data collection software and credit card processors. And when that happens, those those systems have to develop gateways to essentially protect the channel of communication, which is an added expense. Is that roughly yeah. the right idea? Okay. And then there's, yeah, there's a new player. Okay. So those gateways to communicate come at an expense. And then there's other credit card or sorry, other POS systems out there that are kind of all in one where you don't get to choose who is your credit card processor. If you choose this POS, you have to use this credit card processor. And the, I'm assuming the idea behind that is it's more secure. There's less people playing. The, the likelihood of being breached in their understanding is yeah. less. Or yeah, less you're on track. Basically, okay. the developers of the software, the applications, whatever, instead of having an open connection where multiple companies can connect, they work closely with one or two And they have tested it and tightened it up and really made it much more specific so that the security is tighter. Okay. So is this essentially their way of being maybe trying to like peer into the future, see where the industry is going and trying to be proactive or are there benefits aside from the more secure? I don't even know if that's true or not. I mean, what are the benefits to those two examples we gave? The one where um, you create a gateway to protect your um, the restaurants and their guests and the one where it's it's kind of more rigid and you can only work with th- this standalone processor in this POS or the ones we let you select. What are the, okay. be- the benefits to the two of those options? There is no benefit to the restaurant owner. All the benefit is to the software application developers to cover their ass. Okay. Because they don't want to be vulnerable and have it be on their end where someone's information or the system was compromised. So it's for protection and security of providing the best way possible to remove, limit, or reduce the ability for an outside source to breach their software and get access to the card information. Got you. 
<sighs> so we've covered a lot, and I hope you guys were able to stay with us. Uh, and I mean, there's a couple more things I, I, you know, that came to mind as you were talking. Um, when I think of the new age uh, technology that that's out there, I think of it being in separate into three three categories or th three pieces of technology communicating to, to each other. And then that's the, the, the credit card processor, the POS system. But then there's this other um, form of technology that exists today that is software. Uh, I believe the correct term is software that looks at all this information that's being passed all around and collects data to give you an idea of what's happening in your restaurant. Is it safe to say there's like three pieces to the puzzle nowadays? Well, that's correct. That third part you're talking about is analytical. Yes. And that is helpful to the restaurant owner to understand his client base. Okay. And that's because the reality is, as a consumer, my information is known by the people I use my card at. Okay. The processors have certain abilities to keep track of me. And usually, and this is on the tablet concept, the very first time I use my card and ask for a receipt and it had to be sent to me by email and I typed in my email, that was the ability for the system to tag a card number to an email and then track whatever I came in there doing in the future. Yes. Cool. So I guess the point that I wanted to make, uh, just to kind of give you guys the idea that, I mean, the way of the future of marketing is l using technology to gather this data, to learn the most we can learn about our guests so we can best serve our guests. If you are thinking about staying with your, your legacy and you choose to go to a standalone credit card processor because you don't want to deal, you want to be exempt from the, all these rules. Um, if you're looking to take the cheap way out, Guys, it's 2017. If, if you go that route, you're inhibiting yourself from evolving, from embracing change and be becoming a, a new age company. I mean, you won't be able to, to leverage the ability to collect data with a standalone credit card processor. So if that's your if that's your solution, if you picked out of you know listening to all this, you heard, oh, well, I can just get a standalone credit card processor. I don't think just just because it's you know, we, we want to evolve and not, you know, you're either growing or you're getting worse. There's no in between. So you you want to be growing constantly. So don't look at that, my personal opinion, and you can correct me, Linda, but that's not the solution. No, but you and I both know that as you reference, there's a very skinny little profit margin here. And my biggest fear is that choice isn't going to be left up to some of these merchants because they didn't budget or plan mm. In a calmer time to, okay, it's going to cost you money. This is one of the things where people like myself, yes, people call me about credit card processing and what's your best rate. And if they ask me best rate, I say you can't afford me. I do very good rates, often better than anybody else on the street. But if that's all you're going to use me for, I don't have time for you, okay? I want to invest in my clients. So, you're right. A standalone credit card machine is basically a quick fix because you want to know your customer's communication, your customer's choice and preferences, and how you can reach out to your customer if you're running a special in the winter on you know, hot chocolate and they love hot chocolate and you do it once a 
month or something. Communication now is key. Direct marketing, one-on-one marketing is where we're at today's age. And there's ways to do it where it's rolled into your processing. Mm-hmm. But that's a big step. I think my my base concern is be aware of these things that are coming. You cannot avoid them. It's not like you're going to you know, hide under the rug and not be noticed and get stuck where you can't afford that mm-hmm. 500000 bucks, and you have to do the standalone terminal because it would be a nightmare. So please be aware, please prepare, please ask questions and get yourself geared up to a budgetary item and a little bit of time that's going to need to be put forth to be ahead of the game, not behind it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the other idea too is, and this is me speaking, not Linda. The other idea is you evolve and you, you move into the future, which seems to be the cloud-based POS tablets. And then you don't have to worry about any of these potential expenses. You can worry about taking that money you would be spending on staying compliant and invest it in upgrading the technology in your restaurant and you now have a year to, to vet these services uh to figure out what's best for your restaurant there's no excuse guys that's why linda's here like she explained it um perfectly for us she gave us all the information and i'll be honest that's why she's here because she didn't come to me and say hey eric like put my company on your list of services because i'm great and you should promote me she said eric I want to educate you because this is going to be a serious problem. You have a voice. You can help people. Let me tell you what's happening. And she made me a better person with this information. Um, And now it's time for you guys to take this information and to start making things happen. Take control of your life. Be proactive. Don't be put in the situation where you're forced to de, you know, move in the wrong direction or evolve in the wrong or de-evolve. Is that a word? I don't know. But um, (laughs) anyway. Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) So before I let you go, um. Like I said in the beginning of the show, over the the past three plus years, every interview I've done, I ask almost all of my guests to share a technology or resource with us, and I curate all that information on the tools page. Well, what we're going to do right now is we're going to share with you the most recommended cloud-based POS companies. I'm not going to deal with the uh, legacy. I just feel like that's a a way of the past, and we're here at Restaurant Unstoppable to look at the future and what's what's out there and what's coming in we are evolving. So uh, we're going to go through the, the list of the, the most recommended cloud-based POS systems. And uh, Linda's just going to kind of share some information with us and let us know uh, what we need to know as far as whether it's open or closed. And uh, hopefully, I think, you know, Linda and I both agree here that our job is just to give you the information to inform you so you can make the best decision for you and your business. And we're going to say objective. I'm going in the order of which POS systems were recommended the most. Uh, so keep that in mind. And uh, Linda, do you have anything to add before we get started? No, I think that's good because you and I both agree that you as an educator, me as a merchant advocate, if people have knowledge, they can think about it and make choices that are correct for them, both their mm-hmm. financial, emotional, what they feel best about. So for me, education is always ask <laughs> questions. Ask, and I don't mean book education. Ask your people in the community who are successful in doing it and reach out. You know, and I'm even going to, uh, I'm not going to correct you, but I think it's funny that you called me an educator because I like to think of myself as a learner. 
you're the educator. I'm just giving you the platform to make me a better professional and everybody that's listening. So thank you, Linda, for being a mentor and sharing this knowledge with us. So let's get started with the first POS system that's on this list. And what I want you, Linda, to do is to um, tell us which type of technology this is, meaning we, we will know that they're cloud-based to start, but is this one that is gateway protected or paired directly with one or a few processors? Are you willing to do that? Sure, be glad to. Okay, cool. So the first one we have on the list is uh, Breadcrumb POS. Uh, what type of technology is that in like just a couple sentences? Okay, Breadcrumb is the software. It's owned by a processing company called Upserve. So you can use your a selected group of processors through a gateway, or you can use their processor, which is Upserve. So Square is the next POS on the list. And just a reminder, guys, these are in the order of which they're most recommended on the show. So we're being unbiased. Just keep that in mind. And Square, you can only process through Square. And everybody knows they have a different formula for doing processing, but it is a closed connection, so maybe, only the processor. So if you get that POS, you have to use the Square processing technology. Yes. Okay. The next one on the list is Revel POS. Revel allows you some choices and you integrate through a gateway. Got it. The next one on the list is Toast POS. They have only their processor. It's a closed operation. Okay. Uh, the next one on the list is Touch Bistro. Uh, Touch Bistro does allow direct integration for for selected processors. Do me a favor. It got a bad run. And I'm seeing the work they're doing. Clover is coming on strong. And it's, anyway, it's much more affordable. It's only because I deal with the back end on a lot of these guys. That's all. No, it's just a request. Just because you recommended it, now it can be added to the list. Well, <laughs> just remember, I like to look at it. Clover and Square are very affordable Remember, I like good operation, I'm cheap, and I want security. Clover and Square are going to become much bigger players in the next five years. That's all. Okay. Just look at it. And is uh, Clover closed or open? Closed. Uh, the next one on the list is uh, Cake. Cake has three choices. So it's not closed, but it's not totally open. Gotcha. It has three processors at this time. All right. Very selective. So that's it. Those are the most recommended cloud-based and mobile POS systems that our guest mentors have shared with us in the past 300 plus episodes. Uh, hope this information has made your life easier if you're in the process of selecting a POS system or maybe uh, you're using a legacy POS and uh, you need to start thinking about evolving and hopefully doing it before you get slapped with all these certification expenses. Uh, you got a year guys, so don't put it off. Uh, be proactive, take care of it now. And I guess, is there anything else, any final thoughts, Linda, you want to leave us with before I have you call somebody out to be a future guest on the show? No, just utilize your, um, resources, whether it's your processor, your software people, 
try and include them in your game plan for what you're going to do over the next year. Have more input, not less. Mm. Hopefully they're good people. Awesome. All right. So at the end of every episode, Linda, we have my guests call somebody out, somebody you admire, preferably a independent restaurant operator who just knows their stuff, who's maybe killing it. And you're in Charleston, correct? Yeah. And that's, this is the hardest part of our entire (laughs) session. This is terrible. I mean, there's so many choices. I'll give you three. How's that sound? Oh, (laughs) This is hard. I mean, you've got people that are, you know, well-recognized nationally who've taken a small restaurant and grown it to multiple levels like Mike Lotta and Sean Brock. And then you've got small couples like Josh and Dulon Walker who do um, Sao Bao Biscuit. They're fabulous. Then you've got Drazen at Barca and you've got, I mean, it's, it's hard And these guys have done such an amazing job. And then totally for the industry, only two women that are doing workshops for the industry and they're getting national recognition. Randy Weinstein, who's been in the business for years, is doing a workshop for teaching you how to run a business. It's aimed towards women. It's called This Is Fab, F-A-B. And it's amazing what's happening. And then we also have Angel Poston, who's doing BevCon, a conference in August that supports all the private, small, regional developers of every imaginable beer, wine. So it's hard. And as a consumer who does not cook, can't cook, I eat at all these great places and they are locals. I'm sorry. No, you're giving me a great list. This is the the hardest part. And I I mean, you've got Lauren Mittner who runs Wildflower Bakery. I love her. She is a perfect example of a single person with a dream and growing it. All right. And there's story. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, you're, you're great. <laughs> I was just going to say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to come after Mike, Sean, Josh, Dulan, uh, Randy, Angel, and Lauren. You, you're going to, yes. man, you're keeping me busy, which is good. That's what I'm and here they're to do. All, listen, they're all <laughs> great and they will share. I'm very blessed as a non-cook. I'm an outsider. But, man, I chose the right city to plant my redheaded butt in because (laughs) the people are so kind and giving and sharing. And it's it would be easier for me to do anything other than pick who I would want to go talk to if I were going to open a restaurant. There's probably 25 people, and they're all fabulous. Yeah. I'm very lucky where I live. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. And uh, I've got to just give you the opportunity before we wrap things up to let the folks know uh, at home, if they want to connect with you, what's the best way to connect with you? The best way is through my email, which is lhancock at desbacorp.com. And we didn't talk about the word desba which gives you an insight to me. Desba is the Navajo word for go to war. I love a good fight, and there's nothing better than fighting for my clients. So lhancock at desbacorp.com, and a company 
phone number they can reach out to. I have no problem. And I'd love to answer questions for people so that they don't get into a situation which costs them money. Do you want to list that phone number? Uh, yeah, my corporate phone number. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Sorry, I'm having to turn off two different devices here that all of a sudden have blown up. <laughs> it's your busy person. It's like, well, now, it's because I've been hiding apparently and people are, I lock the door and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, the direct corporate number is 843-405-5940. All right, I'll have that phone number in the show notes as well as a brief summary of today's conversation, a list of all the POS companies that were mentioned in today's show that were recommended on the show by our guest mentors. Just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 316. You'll find all the links right there. From one ginger to the next, Linda, there is no questioning you are unstoppable. Thank you, darling. Appreciate it. Cheers. Wow, a ton of great information in today's episode that will help you guys save some money and be proactive. Uh, thank you so much again, Linda Hancock, to, just for reaching out to me and sharing this information with me and my audience. We're all better now after listening to you. I want to zoom the 30,000 feet, guys. I want to go, you know, airline cruising altitude height real quick and look at the big picture, bird's eye view. What do I believe you need to take away from this episode? If you're still using a legacy POS system, start budgeting now. What does that mean? If you paid for the rights to use software in your restaurant and it was like a one and done, now I own the rights to use this software in my restaurant, uh, you need to make sure you're PCI compliant. That's three certifications. That could cost upwards of, if you're doing good, if you're if you're making out good, over a thousand dollars. Now, depending on how robust your restaurant is, how many, how many different uh, units you have in your restaurant, that could be upwards of two or three thousand dollars, guys. And maybe you're outdated. This could get expensive real fast. So, you need to start budgeting now to prepare for that. The other option, and this is the option I think uh, is <laughs> the no the no brainer, is evolve now. Now's the time to evolve to the next generation, the new wave of restaurant technology, cloud-based and mobile-based POS systems that are exempt from these compliances, these uh, certifications that you're going to need to get by January of uh, 2018. So you have a little less than a year to either start budgeting to invest in old technology, or instead of budgeting, you might even save money, spend less money to just start implementing these new technologies in your restaurant because guys, some of these technologies are approximately $100 a month depending on how robust you wanna get. If you only have like eight months left, so if you start budgeting $100 a month right now, that'll give you $800. <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to spend more than that. So instead of just not changing, not embracing change, not leaning into change. And guys, remember, we learn on the show all the time, change is good. We need to evolve. If you feel like you're, if you feel stupid, 
if you feel like you don't know what's happening because these are new technologies and it's intimidating, embrace that because you only feel stupid for so long and then you learn and then you get it and then you're better. Lean into that uncomfortable feeling and evolve is what I recommend you do. And the sooner you take action, the less painful these compliances are going to be. Like, don't put this off any longer. Now's the time to take action. Uh, that's what I took away from this. And we also went on to uh, talk about the most recommended POS, cloud-based mobile POS services that have been recommended on our show by those who are proven successful. Guys, these these people spend their time talking to consultants, working on their business, in their business. They all evolved. They all moved to these cloud-based mobile tablets because they know what's coming. You still have time to evolve too. That's why they're recommending these services because they know it's the way of the future. So save money, evolve now, lean into that uncomfortable feeling of change and embrace it. And I made it easy for you guys. I listed all the POS, comp the, the, the services that were recommended in the show notes, restaurantunstoppable.com slash 316. Again, if you find value in this podcast, uh, please support the show by using my links. I even went a step further and I put a form in there. I'll set up the demo for you. Fill out the form. Tell me which POS system you're most interested in and I'll connect you with my people that I know at, at these companies. And uh, one more thing. I feel like I kind of left you hanging here. So we got a bonus episode coming. Um, we told you which POS systems are being recommended. Why now is the time to evolve your business and adapt this new technology. I took it a step further. I feel like you need more information to, to make uh, an educated business decision. You need, you need to be more informed. So I went to each one of these companies that was recommended. I gave them seven minutes to pitch why they think their business is unique, what unique selling propositions they have that they think separates them from the other POS companies that were mentioned in today's show. So that's going to be a bonus episode going live tomorrow. Today's March 23rd, Thursday, Friday, March 24th. You're going to get a bonus episode. Uh, just because I feel like you need more information. So I just want to reemphasize one thing. All of these companies are great. People love them. They will serve your restaurant well. Some of them have different features. One of the features we covered today was open versus close. Uh, what does that mean? Basically, the open systems provide more possibility for uh, basically integrating with other softwares, other technologies. Uh, but some of these closed systems also offer other really cool features in the, like a sense or or benefits. I know of a few of these closed systems will offer financing. So if you're a small business, you're looking for a small business loan, some of these companies will actually give you a loan. But I mean, we'll dive into that tomorrow. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is don't be so quick to make a decision. Really look into the details. We're going to find out more tomorrow. We're going to learn more tomorrow. And again, if you find value, if you appreciate me going to work for you guys, please support the show. Use my links or even better, fill out the form. Let me know which POS system you are interested in, and I will make it happen for you. That demo, I will... I will do the work for you. I'll coordinate everything for you. I can't make it any easier. I hope you guys uh, found value today in this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. I love you all. And until next time, peace out.